You're listening to the Van Moody Podcast. Our passion is transforming the world by transforming lives. In today's episode, we'll continue in our Get Closer series with Part 9, presented by Associate Pastor Brittany Frazier. Brittany will delve into the references to fruitfulness and the almond-making process within God's Word. What is the fruit in your life a testament to? Life or death? Let's get started. Happy Sunday, family. It is always a joy, every single opportunity that God gives us to come together and worship. Now, I know that we've been worshiping digitally, and that's been the exclusive way that we've been worshiping, but it's still great for us to come together. And so thank you for allowing us to come into your homes, or maybe you're somewhere on the beach and you're watching via your mobile device. However you're connecting with us, wherever you are around the world, I want you to know how honored we are that you're in worship with us today. Now, I want to give you two things as we get ready for the word. If you are not already connected to us, meaning you're getting weekly emails that you're downloaded our app so that you are in the TWC community, I want to encourage you to do that because I've got really, really exciting news that I'm going to be sharing every single week as we get ready to move into the fall and even reopening. Uh, our physical campuses, and even a new digital worship expression. And I want to share lots of details about that. And I've already sent out some correspondence this past week. So if you didn't get that, or if you're not a part of our TWC ecosystem digitally, go out to our webpage right there at the bottom of the page. Make sure you sign up so that you get the weekly correspondence from me. If you don't have our app downloaded. Please make sure that you do that because those are all very important means by which we communicate. And I want you to stay connected and not miss all of the exciting things that God is doing in TWC and wants to do in your life. Now, one of those exciting things is what we've been focused on all summer, which is our emphasis on getting closer. We ask you to focus on one thing this summer, and that's just to get closer to God. Make your family a small group and go on this journey with us. And it's been really simple. All you've had to do is to get your copy of The Secret Place devotional and journal. And let me pause here and say, listen, if you haven't gotten it, don't think that because we are approaching the end of summer that it's too late for you. You can still go out there, grab your Secret Place devotional and journal. There's info about it on our website and still join in with us. We have our 7 a.m. prayer calls every single day. And man, we are leaning in and God has been moving y'all in an incredible way. And I don't want you to miss out on it. But in addition to that, our uh, campus pastors and our teaching team, uh, and along with myself, we have been sharing every Sunday this summer from our soap devotion. And so we're going to do that on this morning. I'm super excited that Pastor Brittany Frazier is going to bring the word of God to you this morning. She is an amazing doctor. She's a pharmacist. Uh, by training, but she's also a great woman of God. And she and her husband, Pastor Aaron Frazier, are the campus pastors for our Derby campus. And so I am super excited because she is going to share the word of the Lord this morning from her soap devotion as we continue this teaching series called Get Closer. Let's get ready for the word of God from Pastor Brittany. 
Good morning, TWC family, and to everyone joining us this morning online. It is so good to share the word of the Lord with you this morning. So thank you to Bishop Moody and his lovely wife, Dr. Ty, for giving me this opportunity to share this space with you all this morning. My name is Brittany Frazier, and I'm one of your campus pastors. And if you would this morning, just allow the Lord to rest on your spirit. I just want us to take an opportunity to acknowledge the Lord this morning because if you're anything like me on Sunday morning during the pandemic, you have a lot of distractions surrounding you. And so if we don't do anything else today, if we could just take a few seconds to acknowledge the Lord this morning. Father, we are so grateful. Lord God, we thank you for your covering, Father. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your faithfulness, for your loyalty, for your grace, for your mercy, Father God. We thank you for the blood of Jesus, God. Your majesty is so great. Thank you, Lord God, for ushering your spirit into this space. Move, Father God, like a mighty wind, O oh Lord. Rise up in me this morning, Father, as I try my best to deliver a word to your people, God. I ask that you would reign in my soul, reign in my heart, remove my afflictions, O oh God, so that I can give your people exactly what you want me to say today. Father, divide this word up now. Let it touch every heart that hears your word today. And it's in the mighty, majestic name of Jesus, we pray this morning. Amen. Well, family, I am again just so grateful. And I really just want to continue with what Bishop Moody gave us at the beginning of the year with the theme, Get Closer. But I just want to take a little bit of a pivot with Get Closer this morning. I actually want us to see how to get closer to God by tracing the almond or the almond tree throughout scripture. So this morning, if you've been keeping up with us in our soap devotion, you know that we started in the book of Jeremiah today. Jeremiah is a standout prophet. He was a standout prophet for many reasons. Jeremiah was a prophet who started at a very young age. A lot of theologians believe that Jeremiah started around the age of 18 or 19 years old. Jeremiah himself was like, God, God I don't know about this, you know, Lord. I'm just a child. But God said, no, Jeremiah, this is where you're supposed to be. This is exactly who I called you to be because I knew who you were before you were in your mother's womb. Jeremiah was also known as the weeping prophet. He was known as the weeping prophet because he wore his heart on his shoulders for the people of Judah. He cried out to God for the people of Judah and also for himself because Jeremiah, he was a lonely man. He was a lonely prophet. I don't know if you know, but Jeremiah was actually called not to be married. So he lived his whole life without a mate by his side. Jeremiah was also reluctant. He, he moved sometimes in fear. He was bullied. He was rejected. Jeremiah was falsely accused. He was beaten. Jeremiah was a standout prophet. Jeremiah was probably the most relatable prophet in the Old Testament because he showed us how he felt throughout the book of Jeremiah. So family, 
As we open up this morning, you know exactly where we're going. To the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, but I want us to hone in on two verses at this time. Verse 11 and 12, and I'm going to start with the NIV version, and it reads, The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. Now, looking at this scripture, it's the first documented vision or prophecy given to Jeremiah. And it's a big deal because God is actually asking Jeremiah to go forth to the people of Judah and to let them know, hey, you all are about to be destroyed. The wrath, the judgment of God is coming to you. Wow, who wants to be the bearer of bad news? Nobody ever wants to carry a message of sadness or destruction. But this, in fact, was Jeremiah's very first assignment. So if we read into chapter one, God assures Jeremiah that he's going to be protected. God says, look, I know I'm not giving you a, a message of, of hope and encouragement, Jeremiah. I know the people of Judah are going to be really upset with you, Jeremiah, but I got your back. So go forth, Jeremiah, with this word. So that's really a summation of my observation of chapter one. But I really want us to focus on the next couple of verses as we go through this morning. There's something that jumped out to me in this text. And it, the first verse is Jeremiah uh, chapter 1, verse 11, and it reads, The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see a branch of an almond tree. I replied, Jeremiah says, I see the branch of an almond tree. So when I read this family, I was thinking, <laughs> what is it <laughs> about an almond tree? What is it, God, that you had to uh, make note of this in Jeremiah's first ever prophecy? What is it about the almond? What is it? And so I became really inquisitive. I, I became really curious. And, and as I began to unfold the word of God, I realized that the almond and the almond tree is all throughout scripture in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. So how do we look at the almond? How do we trace the almond through scripture and apply that to getting closer to God? Well, we can get closer to God when we, number one, awake before correction. Let's take a look at Jeremiah's vision. We've already said the first thing that he saw was a branch. And this branch in some translations is stated as a rod. God uses a rod to chasten people throughout the entire Bible. Sometimes it's referred to as the rod of correction. Other times it's referred to the rod of chastisement, the rod of judgment. For example, we can look at 2 Samuel when God is telling David, David, it's not going to be you that builds a house for me to dwell in. It's going to be one of your descendants. If you look with me at 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 14, God says, David, I will make your descendant my son, and I will be his father, 
And if he commits iniquity, if he does the wrong thing, I'm coming with that rod. It says, then I will correct him with the rod of men. And to just foot stomp this even more, you can also take a look at Proverbs 22 and 15. These are just a couple of examples of how God uh, uses the rod to chasten people throughout the Bible. But why does God chasten people? Why is that even necessary? <laughs> Guess what? The answer is in the word. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6 gives us the answer. And it reads, because the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. God loves us so much. He just wants us to do right. God wants us to do better. He chastens us to get our attention. He chastens us because he wants us to turn around. He chastens us because he needs us to pivot. He chastens us to get our attention. God chastens us. Family, have you heard God speak to you recently? Is there something in your life that needs to change? Something you need to switch? Do you need to make a shift somewhere? Turn some things off and turn some things on and close some doors but open others. What change is it that you need to make in your life today? God was trying to get our attention. I believe the vision that he gave to Jeremiah was also a message for us today. Okay, so we got the rod part, right? But what about the almond tree? <laughs> of course, that's what I was so excited about in the first place. So it's important to note that the rod itself in this scripture was a branch of the almond tree. When you study the words almond tree, you'll find that it's one of the words, it's just one word in Hebrew, and that word is shaked. S-H-A-Q-E-D, which means early waking in Hebrew. Now, the almond tree was named the awake tree because in Palestine, it was the first tree of the year to bud and blossom and bear fruit. Now, the bloom of the almond tree actually comes before its green leaves, which is a little bit different. I'd love for the tech team to help me out here and just um, show everybody a picture of the bloom of an almond tree. Now this uh, almond tree bloom typically blooms in late winter. So we're talking late January, sometime in February, you begin to see the bloom of this almond tree. Now that's very different because usually we're used to seeing things bloom in the springtime. So that's why the almond tree was known as the awake tree. So let's go back and plug what we just learned into verse 11. God said, what do you see, Jeremiah? And Jeremiah replied, I see a rod of correction. So wake up early. <laughs> I see a rod of correction. So wake up early. 
Get this, God is sending a warning to Judah through the vision of Jeremiah. God says, I love you, Judah, and because I love you, I must correct you. Because I love you, I'm trying to give you enough time to change things around, to do the right thing before the rod of correction comes upon your life. I'm trying to give you an opportunity before judgment destroys you. Don't wait, Judah. Don't wait until my rod strikes to wake up. Change your ways. Wake up early. Repent now. Before my wrath settles upon you, repent, Judah. Family, we got to wake up now. We better wake up early. We got to repent while we have the chance. We don't know the day, we don't know the hour, but what we do know is we gotta be ready. We gotta be ready. So if you're following along with me this morning, I, love, I would love for you to just type there in the chat box online, wake up, wake up early, wake up. Next, to get closer to God, we need to stop doubting God. Just because we're waiting on God does not mean that he's asleep in our current situation. Just because we're waiting on God does not mean that he is asleep in our situation. Now let's read verse 12 again, Jeremiah chapter one, but this time verse 12. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly for I am watching. I'm watching to see that my word is fulfilled. So when we look at that phrase that God says in this verse, I am watching. In Hebrew, this phrase is one word and it's uh, spelled uh, S-H-A-Q-A-D, shaquad. Now, does that seem familiar? Now, I'm not a a professor in, in Hebrew, so I don't know if I'm pronouncing any of this right. But the fact is that shaked in verse 11 is the word for almond tree, and it comes from this word shaquad in verse 12. Now, shaquad, S-H-A-Q-A-D, in verse 12 means to watch or to be alert. Okay, okay. So let's, let's put it together now. Let's go back to verse 12. And God is saying, you're right, Jeremiah. You've seen correctly. For I am awake. I am alert to see that my whole entire word is fulfilled over the land of Judah. An interesting note here is that Jeremiah saw the branch of an almond tree in his vision, right? Well, an almond, in fact, is not a nut. An almond is the core of a fruit. It's called an almond droop. That was news to me. It's, it's like a, a, flesh, a fleshy fruit similar to a peach or a cherry, um, even a plum. That's actually what an almond is. It's the core of a fruit. Hold on to that. Now watch this, because this really shook me up, y'all. God confirms his word even in the picture 
of Jeremiah's vision. God is literally showing us that the rod of correction, which is the almond branch in Jeremiah's vision, will bring forth fruit. Remember, we just learned that the almond is part of the fruit. It's not a nut. God confirms in verse 12, I will see my word be fulfilled. Translation, I will see my word come to fruition. Wait, 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 wait. Look, look, we, we can't miss it. So I, I've got to slow down. I'm going to ask the tech team to help me again here. Let's look at this word, fruition. F-R-U-I-T-I-O-N. Fruition. <laughs> Is that happen chance? The rod of correction, that almond branch that will bear fruit. <laughs> Not only that, but the word ion, I-O-N, as a suffix means that it's the result of an act or a process. So if we just put this all together, let's just get the whole picture. God is saying, after I correct you with the rod, after I set you in your place, after my judgment rains down on you, Judah, as a result, God said, I will see my fruit. I will see my word fulfilled. I will see that my word will stand. My glory will shine. Glory to God. It will reign forever. He is the one and only God. And he has set forth his word to see it to fruition. Here's the application for us today, family. Some people on earth are thinking, God, where are you right now? Some people are thinking, God, where, when are you going to show up? Others are thinking, God, I'm tired. Others are thinking, Lord, we've been in this pandemic. What are you going to do about it? Lord, Lambda has come of COVID-19. Lord, Delta is here of COVID-19. We thought we were finished. Where are you at, God? God said, I got your answer. I'm always watching. Shaquad. I never sleep. I never slumber. And I will perform my word in your life. And I am going to perform my word on this earth until it is fulfilled. So don't get it twisted, God said. My word will be fulfilled. It will come to fruition. Family, I don't know about you, but I don't doubt God. I can't. I can't doubt God because I know I can't live without him. I can't doubt God because I know his love is what's covering me. I cannot doubt God because of this word right here. It says that everything that he has set forth in his word shall come to pass. I want to be on the side of the fruit of his glory. Thank you, Jesus. If you can, say this out loud with me. Don't doubt him. Don't doubt him. Put it in the chat box. Don't doubt him. God is a God of judgment. Our God is a God of grace. Our God is a God of mercy. So that means God is going to correct you when you're wrong. God is going to love you when you're wrong. God is going to forgive you when you're wrong. God 
will judge us and restore us all at the same time. What a mighty God we serve. Don't doubt God. The third step to getting closer to God by tracing the almond through scripture is that we have to testify with our fruit. Now, in the last point, we already discussed that the almond is not a nut. The almond is, in fact, a part of a fruit. So just keep that in mind as we're going through this next step. This scripture that we're about to talk about is it addresses Moses. And Moses was given an assignment by God in the scripture. God told Moses, Moses, I want you to gather up 12 rods. And on those 12 rods, I want you to write the names of each prince of each tribe of Israel. Okay, so we got that 12 rods, the names of each prince of the tribes of Israel. But most importantly, what I want you all to know is that these 12 rods were, guess what? <laughs> An almond tree branch. Yeah. That's right. These 12 rods were branches of an almond tree. And God said, Moses, what I want you to do after that, be sure on one of those branches, you write Aaron's name. Aaron was called and appointed by God to be a priest over Israel. He was appointed to be the prince of the Levi tribe, which was the tribe of priesthood. But you see, folks was giving Aaron a hard time. <laughs> It was hard for them to believe that God had, in fact, appointed Aaron to be the priest. So let's read verses 7 and 8 of chapter 17 in the book of Numbers. It reads, Moses placed the staffs. He placed the rods before the Lord in the tent of the testimony. The next day, Moses entered the tent of the testimony and saw Aaron's staff, which represented the house of Levi, had not only sprouted, but had budded, blossomed, and produced <laughs> almonds. See, this text is significant for several reasons. One being that God used Aaron's rod as a testament to show all of the rebellious Israelites, hey, this is my dude. I called him to be a priest for you. I called Aaron in the tribe of Levi into priesthood. This is for you to see as a testament. I want you to take a look at that fruit on the rod. Yeah. But also, we want you to note here that when Moses entered the tent the very next day, he found that Aaron's rod had budded, it blossomed, and it produced almond fruit. Therefore, Aaron's almond rod displayed three different stages of growth, three different stages of vegetation, all at one time, all on the same rod, all overnight. What? Incredible. Only a miraculous God could do such a thing overnight. So that's why when people saw the rod of Aaron, they could look at it beyond a shadow of a doubt and know this is a man called by God. You see, the rebellious people of Israel knew that they could no longer touch what God had set forth in place. 
It was a divine calling. Nobody could question Aaron's priestly right. Let's look at Numbers chapter 17, verse 10. It reads, the Lord said to Moses, put back Aaron's staff. Put it in the front of the testimony to be kept as a sign to the rebellious. This will put an end to all of the grumbling against me so that they will not die. I said, I'm trying to save you. <laughs> I'm, tr I'm trying to help you out. So look at this rod. Let it be a testimony to what I've done. Family, are your fruits that you bear a testament of life or a testament of death? Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. No law shall stand against these fruits. So we have to get closer to God, family, to, by using our fruits to testify for us. We got to get closer to God to love on our enemies. We got to get closer to God to be patient with family, children, and coworkers. We got to get closer to God when the, the brink of temptation is right there at our fingertips and we need to practice self-control. We got to get closer. What are your fruits bearing today? Life or death? It's not enough to just have the fruits of the spirit. We can all say we got it. But can the people around you see your joy when you're sad? Can the people around you see your peace when you've been knocked out? Can the people around you say, look at them. The goodness and the glory of God is all over their life. That is the testimony of fruit. What fruit are you bearing today, family? So lastly, yes, we must testify with our fruits, but to get closer to God, we've got to position ourselves for redemption. This is our last point for the morning. You remember the almond branch, I'm sure. I've, I've mentioned it several times this morning already. You remember the almond branch, the rod of Aaron. We just talked about it in point three. That same rod was placed on the mercy seat in the Ark of the Covenant. You see, the Ark of the Covenant at the, at the top, there was cherubim that looked down. And what those cherubim were looking down on the mercy seat, they saw Aaron's budded rod. They saw a golden jar of manna, and they also looked at the Ten Commandments on the tablet. Now, the thing is, these, these, these things symbolize sin. And so what the holy priests had to do when they, when they went into uh, the holiest room of, of the, the tent, the, um, the Holy of Holies, they would step into the Holy of Holies, and they would sprinkle blood on top of these symbols of sin. Let's just, let's just look at this really quick. Hebrews chapter nine, verse four, it says the ark contained, again, the gold jar of manna, Aaron's staff that had budded, 
and the stone tablets of the covenant. Now, Bishop Moody did an incredible job at teaching us this uh, uh, in his Tabernacle series several years ago. So we're not going to stay very long here. But what we've got to take away is that the blood transforms the mercy seat and the Ark of the Covenant. The blood transforms the mercy seat and the Ark of the Covenant. Remember how I told you the cherubim were looking down on Aaron's rod, on the Ten Commandments, and on the jar of manna? Well, God also looked down on the inside of the ark. And when he saw these three things of, that symbolized sin, if there was no blood, then those sins would not be forgiven. So the priest sprinkled the blood over these symbols of sin so that when God looked down, he didn't see the symbols of sin. When God looked down, he saw the blood. You see, these symbols were positioned under the blood. See, God is a righteous and holy God. He always deals with sin. Remember in our original text, God sent Jeremiah to Judah to tell them, look, you're about to be judged. Jeremiah wasn't preaching a nice, sweet message. Jeremiah wasn't preaching a message of, of praise and worship. Jeremiah was preaching a message of warning. Jeremiah was preaching a message of judgment. Jeremiah was bringing a message of destruction because Judah was living a life of sin. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 said, the wages of sin is death. That means something. Something, somebody has to die, must die to pay for sin. So the priest, again, we've said it before, would go into the holies of holies and they would sprinkle blood on top of the budded rod of Aaron that was placed up under the blood, under the blood, I'm saying it on purpose, over and over again, with the other symbols of sin. When God looked down, he saw the blood. And the people of Israel, his chosen children, were redeemed. Now, let's look at the New Testament scripture for today. John chapter 10, verse 11. God's, Jesus said, excuse me, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Did you get that? We got to get it. We got to get it. I know I've said over and over again that these symbols of sin were positioned under the blood. Jesus is our ticket. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd that lays down his life for his sheep. I am the good shepherd that died for my sheep. I am the good shepherd that shed blood for my sheep. Who are the sheep of Jesus? Application, that's me, that's you. We are the sheep of Jesus and God has sent Jesus to die and to be crucified for us so that we can be positioned under the blood and so that when God looks down on us what he sees is not the broken tattered beat up Brittany Frazier what he sees is the blood of Jesus sprinkled on top of my soul 
soul wrapped up in redemption, free from the chains of despair, healed and whole, the blood of Jesus. I am positioned under the blood. If you know Jesus, you are positioned under the blood. You have been redeemed. You have been set free. You have been forgiven when you position yourself under the blood. I don't know about you, but when it's time for the Lord to reign his glory, I want to be sure that I'm positioned under the blood. We don't have to meet God at the mercy seat anymore in the Ark of the Covenant. Thank you, Jesus, for the new covenant that you redeemed our souls, that you gave us salvation through your shed blood when you were crucified on the cross. I am healed by his stripes. I am bold by his stripes. I am triumphant by his stripes. I am victorious by his stripes. I am free from sin by his stripes. I am redeemed by his stripes. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. By his stripes, we are free. Position yourself under the blood. Position. God, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you God, that you have set this jewel in your scripture of an almond and an almond tree to show us how your grace is all throughout the book of the Bible. God, we thank you for Jesus, who is our ultimate shepherd, the shepherd who was crucified for our lives to die for our sin, to shed blood, Lord God, only so that we could be recipients of your grace and of your mercy. Father, forgive us because we're not perfect. But Lord God, we want to be with you. And so thank you for your rod of correction. Thank you that your word will come to fruition. And God, thank you for allowing us to be positioned under the blood of Jesus. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray this morning. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Bishop Van Moody. For more information about Van Moody Ministries, please visit vanmoody.org. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed week.